welcome to Blue Shirts Breakaway Podcast. I am your host, Evan, along with my other host, Jack, and this is the first episode of Plenty for this podcast right here, and a little bit about myself before we get into the main juice of the episode. My name is Evan, and my Ranger fan history just goes back 17 years. My first game went to when I was, I believe, six years old, Ranger Islander game. Henrik Lundqvist threw me a puck. It was kind of cool. But that's just a little bit of history about my fandom. Been to a couple playoff games as well and been a hardcore fan ever since. Jack, I'll let you introduce yourself. All right, my name is Jack, and um, I'm a diehard Rangers fan. I grew up a Rangers fan from my uh, family, and, um, you know, my family's from New York. And uh, down here um, from North Carolina, and um, I go to a lot of Rangers games, especially when they play Carolina. So that's always my highlight of the year when I get to go see their games down in Carolina. But, yeah, it's been a rough ride, but you know what? Diehard Rangers fan. Absolutely. And, yeah, it just sucks that can't even go to games at the Garden either way also, especially because I feel like after that last game that happened last night, or, yeah, last night, it the Garden would have just been absolutely insane over that so we're gonna end up talking about that but first we're gonna start off with a segment that we're gonna be doing every single episode at least while the season's going on during the offseason we can't do this one of course but we're going to be saying who our player is of the week or game whenever we decide to record episodes because this might be weekly this might be after games we really haven't came up with a schedule yet set schedule so I'll let Jack start. Who is your player of the game or past two games, I should say? I'm going to go with player of the last game. I'm going to go with Capo Caco. And, you know, yes, okay, he wasn't the highlight player of the game. But for his reason, you know, he came off. He could have had a better rookie year. And, you know, he wasn't the best on the bench. Um, But, you know, he is an absolute stud. He's still very young. And for a guy like him in his second year to get a goal in his second game of the season after having a shaky rookie year, you know, it's a huge confidence boost. And if this team wants to get rolling, they need a guy like him, you know, to have a lot of confidence and to stay hot. Yeah, absolutely. And that one-timer goal that he got, the excitement that he had, I really hope that builds up his confidence. And the one thing that's kind of unfortunate is that David Quinn kind of Hasn't been playing him too much, not giving him a lot of ice time. But, I mean, after last game, he definitely deserves more ice time. But I was criticizing the lines that the Rangers were doing in practice and then that they rolled out last game, but they ended up working. Before the game, I was pissed that Kaka was on the third line. I was pissed that Quinn put Lafreniere on the right, but it ended up working out. But for my player of the game, I got to go Alexander Georgiev just for the simple fact that he has not played in 10 months and he goes in and gets a shutout. Just unbelievable game, making amazing saves. And also, I mean, he didn't really have to do as much work because the defense was that good last game, which was still and still is surprising to me. Just Really great defensive performance from the team, but when Georgiev needed to make saves, he made big saves, and I definitely have to give him player of the game just for the fact that he stepped in after 10 months, made 
and, and just got a shutout, especially to help the team bounce back. And that kind of brings on a question that I've been thinking about. So, Jack, who do you think the Rangers start on Tuesday? Do you think they go back to Georgiev because of the shutout, or do you think Shesterkin gets the nod just to give him more playing time and to build his confidence? Because he is expected to be the starting goalie, even though Quinn said that he's not the number one goalie just because of how great both goalies are. But if this team makes the playoffs, you need to choose one guy. So you got to see who your guy is. So I know it's the regular season, the first three games, but who are you giving the start on Tuesday? Um, I'm going to go with Shesterkin only because he needs, you know, he needs to get high. And um, like you said, both of these goaltenders are high level. It reminds me of Lundqvist and Talbot at the same time. You know, they both could start day in and day out. But um, I'm going to go with Shesterkin only because, you know, at the end of last season, before COVID hit, he was hot. He wasn't allowing goals. You know, he was a top five goalie at the time. You know, not like overall the whole year, but he just caught on fire. And he was the guy that we went to, and he was just outstanding. And I feel like he can get that swagger back. He'll be, He'll be our guy. And that's why I want him to start off early and just get hot and build this um, confidence, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I like that idea of a confidence boost, especially against a team that is kind of expected to finish last place in the Eastern Division, which is the New Jersey Devils, who frankly just don't have the best talent on paper. I know they came off a huge win against Boston really recently, but still, if you just look at the roster compared to the other teams in the division like you have the rangers of course you have the penguins you have the flyers the islanders capitals you have the sabers even all these teams just on paper are better than the devils i do respect mackenzie blackwood's game though i think that he is a amazing goaltender and i think that he is top five in the division without a doubt but overall i mean i don't know i think that new jersey is still going to be a last place team so I would give uh, Shesterkin the start as well. It's just hard for Quinn probably to decide right now because Georgiev, like I said, you get a shutout. How do you sit the guy the next game? It's kind of tough, but you could go Georgiev against New Jersey and then let Shesterkin play the hotter team, or not the hotter team because Pittsburgh really hasn't been that good, but I believe Pittsburgh is next on the schedule. You let him play the tougher team. And that could really build his confidence up if he gets a good win or even a shutout against a Pittsburgh team. Which also leads me to another question for line differential next game. Do you sit Tony D'Angelo for Brendan Smith again? You know, that's a contour that's a controversial question because both guys I think can start um D'Angelo you know he it's all in his mental game um he's definitely a great guy um but you know he has a lot of mental mistakes you know too many penalties and you know I respect him uh for sitting him obviously we did way better without him however we still did have a lot of penalties but I think you just let them battle it out in practice and whoever plays better gets the spot. Just like with the two goaltenders, you know, just let them battle it out. And, you know, whoever has it the day before you let them start. I mean, because with D'Angelo, it's just on his head, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, also, just to clarify to the listeners, by the way, we are talking about Tony D'Angelo on the ice, not off the ice, because I know there's a lot of controversy, uh, controversy with Tony D'Angelo off the ice for plenty of people. Uh, I'm not going to voice my opinion on him, whether I support his on or uh, his off ice decisions, or rather, if I support them or not. That is something that we're not going to talk about here. But on the ice, yeah, I mean, it's hard to sit a guy who is your best offensive defenseman last year. However, I mean, Smith was just so good last game. How do you sit him? It's just how do you sit him? I think that, which really scares me, is that Quinn might sit Miller and then play D'Angelo and Smith next game, which really scares me, like I said, but hopefully not because Miller definitely deserves to be in the lineup. If he wants to get D'Angelo and Smith in, just sit Jack Johnson, man. Just sit Jack Johnson, Quinn, because... Johnson really I don't know I mean he didn't have a bad game last game but just I don't know I feel like out of everyone that's on defense he's the weakest by far so if they're gonna sit anyone for D'Angelo then they should and honestly if D'Angelo does get sat out again and just this starts to become a trend do you think D'Angelo becomes tradable for the Rangers I think he could be tradable um he definitely is a good defenseman you know good scoring defenseman but you know if he can't have it mentally you know I think that's a player that you got to get rid of because like you said uh Keandre Miller you know he he's six foot five 200 pounds he's an absolute tank he's gonna be the next defenseman on this team you know he's still 20 years old but you know if D'Angelo's just not right trade him while you can because you know if he just starts declining, you don't, after like a whole full season, you know, he's not just there, you know, he can lose draft or not draft stock, but just trading stock. And, you know, they could get a, they could get a good amount for him. I think in my opinion, and uh, I just think that, you know, we got, we got such a young team, you know, Miller, he's going to, I have a feeling that, you know, you just can't sit him. Like you said, he's, he's a beast. He's, going to be an absolute stud and in order for him to produce he needs more playing time yeah and you brought up a really great point that i want to address as well with tony d'angelo i definitely agree that you got to maximize his trade value here while he still has some because if he's sitting the whole season or plays the way that he did opening night and then like just keeps declining his trade value then that's not going to be good for the rangers as of right now, I feel like the Rangers, if they really want to, could get like a first round pick even for him potentially, which is very meaningful. Or you could use him to help get a legit number two center on the squad. Yeah, Ryan Strom is good chemistry wise for the Rangers and Panarin, but this team is kind of lacking a second center, I feel like. But if the chemistry's there, then maybe you move him just for draft capital. And then you could utilize that draft capital in the future to acquire talent that will help the team right now, maybe to help you acquire a Barkov, who the Rangers are right now rumored to be in the mix for. Because if you look defensively, you have Niels Lundqvist still in the pipeline. You have Matt Robertson. You have even Lieber Hayek, who still, I feel like, has something in there with him. You have Braden Schneider also, who the Rangers drafted this past year. You got all these guys coming through the system and 
D'Angelo's just taken up 4.5 million, I believe it is, on the cap. And with the Rangers contracts that they have, I feel like D'Angelo becomes expendable at this point and the Rangers should absolutely move on from him. And I don't know. It's just it's a tough choice. I'm glad I'm not in Jeff Gordon's shoes, but I would honestly say that maybe trading D'Angelo is something that they should consider or look at just something just explore his trade market a little bit and see what you could get back for him just because I really have been intrigued if something goes on in the locker room with him because of last performance but again we're not going to talk about off-ice stuff there but on the ice from what he is he's a pure offensive defenseman and on defense he just like when it comes to in his own zone he just is not great he said he wants to improve on that but on open night, we just definitely did not see that. And if he's going to continue that way, then I don't want him on the team, especially this offseason when we're going to be in a bit of a cap crunch still. Thankfully, we do have Shattenkirk and Lundqvist's buyouts being less money next year, but still a lot going against the cap. And I don't know. The Rangers are going to have to make a tough choice there. But let's go ahead and talk about now what we're going to what we can expect on Tuesday. So what do you think on Tuesday the Rangers have to do to win and don't give me play exactly how they did on uh the previous game yeah. in the previous game because that's the easy answer. Tell me yeah. how you think they can even improve from that last game because there were still some flaws from that game especially in the first period which I feel like mm-hmm. they could have played a lot better. Well, I'm going to go with, you know, I'm going to use some of the first night's game of an example. Just don't turn the puck over, you know. Um, That's a huge thing, you know. If we turn the puck over and we give easy shots, you know, that that's just something that you can't do. Um, The biggest thing for me, though, is less penalties, you know. I still think we have a good penalty-killing unit, but – you know, you just don't want to drain those guys out, you know, day in and day out, you know, just like having them on the ice, you know, eight times a night. I mean, that's awful. You don't, you don't want to put your team in that situation to where you're playing from behind. And let's say you are from behind and you get a penalty, costly penalty with like third period penalty, you know, that eats up clock and that's something that you can't afford. Um, But I definitely think, you know, use the same aggressiveness that I saw in the second period against the Islanders in game two. Um, be aggressive. You know, I like the way we played, um, you know, our uh, strategy with the forecheck and getting the puck into their zone, odd man rushes, you know, that the defense, you know, set up Panarin's goal for the breakaway that he had. And, you know, if you put all those together, less turnovers, more aggressive, you know, same aggressiveness and less penalty, that can be a really good outcome. Right. I agree with all those points. And there's one thing that I feel like is a main key to what the Rangers have to do to succeed, not just in Tuesday's game, but going forward. The power play just has to be better. It's that simple. You can't get eight power play opportunities and go one for eight on the power play. It's simply not good enough. It's simply just not going to win you hockey games, which, yeah, you could win if a team's taking an eight penalty, sure, but it's just not going to be 
enough to help you get point differentials which could end up being a deciding factor with this close and tight division that we're in but just simply in general i'd like to see better work from the power play because you're not going to get eight power plays every single game so you're going to need to capitalize on as many power plays as possible for defensive wise i just want to keep seeing the same back checking that there was there was a good back checking game from the rangers they were always keeping two guys back there and i really like that it limited a lot of odd man rushes there was really only one i could think of off the top of my head and it really just helped the rangers win the game and it helped georgiev a lot this is what i was talking about with georgiev having great defense in front of him having two guys back it's so simple instead of the way the rangers have been playing for the past few years honestly ever since lindy ruffis came into the picture the rangers always have had four guys up on the rush which is not going to win you hockey games too many odd man rushes the other way and nothing the goalie could do in that situation and as much as everyone was quick to blame hank and georgiev the past few years for those goals the amount of odd man rushes were ridiculous and the rangers have to keep limiting those and play that way defensively which is kind of kind of goes hand in hand with why i think d'angelo should possibly sit next game because of him not being great in his own zone and the rangers just playing that way in general i feel like that he's gonna i don't know if he's gonna be able to just keep that play going but we'll see if he is in the lineup and i don't know really how else you could improve off last game like that game was just absolutely insane i guess in terms of quinn he could give more ice time to julian goche i'd like to see him get more ice time i'd like to see phil pedal capo caco get those guys some more ice time but it's hard to do when either way they're not on your power play units and there was a lot of power play time for the rangers so tough to say that they could do anything there also another thing that i'd like to see play a more physical game please for the love of God, I'm tired of seeing Jack Johnson being the only physical guy on the team. Please, Lemieux, step up and do what we signed you for. Please, Howden, even play with some grit. I'd like to see the fourth line just play with some grit, and I feel like that's going to help the team a lot going forward. And just keep that's kind of taking a page out of what the Islanders did uh, or do to win games. They play a physical game. I'm not saying that they should back check the way they do in a one one three formation, but they definitely should take the physical part of their game and utilize it. And I feel like Quinn should utilize the rolling all four lines part of Barry yeah. Trotz's coaching style in his game. So yeah, I think that that's going to be really the big keys of beating the devils. And also I guess one more key actually that i kind of just thought of off the top of my head is just get as many shots off as possible blackwood like i said a really great goaltender and you're gonna need as many shots as possible to tire him out and this is a weaker new jersey defense and also lindy ruff is the one coaching this new jersey team if we could get a lot of odd man rushes going the other way we have guys that are fast on the team of course and we just have to make sure we are playing the way we did last game defensively where you were poke checking you were forcing the puck to go out of the zone and forcing them off sides if you could get that capitalize on odd man rushes a lot blackwood's not going to be able to do anything about it and it's going to lead to great things for the rangers 
So I think that the Rangers going into this game have every bit of an advantage right now. Unless Lindy Ruff isn't coaching New Jersey that way, I haven't been able to see. But um, yeah, that's just the main keys going into Tuesday's game. So let's just go backtrack a little bit. What do you think the Rangers, what went wrong for the Rangers on the opening night game and how they improved it into the second game of the season? Um, you know, definitely a lot of power or penalties. Um, they did cut some back, but, you know, a lot of mental penalties, a lot of turning the puck over. Um, you know, they just, the way their style of gameplay, I felt like was just too slow. They kind of let the Islanders come to them. You know, they weren't playing aggressive. They weren't trying to, you know, force the puck into their zone. They just kind of, they just kind of played relaxed and conservative and, you know, turning the puck over was just what killed them that game and not being able to get shots on goal and just good shots on goal, quality shots on goal, you know, to, because when you get quality shots on goal, you know, you allow their goaltender to get warm and loose. So when you do get those good shots on goal, he can make a stop. Like if you consistently get good shots on goal, make them work and like you said, tire them out. You know, that's what they need to do. And I just didn't see that from game one. And, you know, I feel like that could be a major key into winning on Tuesday night. But they definitely didn't do that in game one. And I think, you know, like you said, in game two, they just completely turned it around. And it was two different teams I saw from game one and game two. Two different teams. Yeah, the difference was truly night and day between the teams, and it was just amazing to see the team bounce back like that. And also, you had the rookies saying that they played with much more confidence going into the next games, which was really good to hear. Yeah, really good to hear Lafreniere and Miller both say that they felt more confident going into the second game. And I thought Lafreniere looked really good with Panarin, and they yeah. did something really interesting that I don't know if you noticed on the broadcast, but they showed how in the defensive zone, you'd have Lafreniere playing on the left, Panarin on the right. Then they'd crisscross as they're forechecking into the yeah, offensive zone. That. Yeah, that, I found I that really that. interesting. And I yeah, I like that a lot also because you're taking advantage of good defensive play and good offensive play because obviously Lafreniere is not... Um, better than Panarin I mean hopefully one day he will be because then we'd have two really really great players superstars on the team but as of right now it's on doubt that Panarin's a better player so if you could give him a lot of scoring opportunities or even if Panarin feels more comfortable on the left to set up passes for Lafreniere Lafreniere is going to get a lot more point production out of this and it, I'm kind of a I'm still salty that he didn't get a point last game I feel like he that was yeah, I think he's due for a goal or at least a point next game. I think he is 100%, and he he had one last game. It just sucks. I don't know. If only uh, Buchnevich didn't get uh, tied up there on the second goal, Lafreniere would have got a point there. But, yeah, in terms of how they improved, I know people, Islander fans, will try to tell you that it's because they had a rookie goaltender in that, but... Islander fans and just anyone in general, if you think the that's defense, the reason. Yeah. yeah, the Islanders defense just simply was not good. They were allowing 
odd man rushes and making the same mistakes the Rangers did. They were pinching bad. They were just doing a lot of things wrong in the game that the Rangers did in the opening night game. And that led to success for the Rangers. And not only that, but the Rangers just were a lot faster. They played a consistent 2-1-2 game the entire way through the full 60 minutes, except for a little bit in the first period, which concerned me at first because the Islanders did come out strong in that in the beginning of the game. But the Rangers definitely started to pick it up right after the Buchnevich goal. So like when I say that, I mean the first like two minutes of the game, the Islanders were kind of showing still that it might be their game. And even a little bit after the Buchnevich goal, they were fighting back a little, but Rangers ultimately just played a better game and it was really good to see Quinn. I mean, the coaching difference also was night and day for him, giving guys a little bit more ice time, which was good to see not juggling the lines too much. He just, again, the day it's night and day, the difference between those two games and if the Rangers just continue this 2-1-2 four-check game the whole way through, always consistently having two guys back, limiting the penalties, it's going to do a lot of good things. And I know that's easy to say to limit penalties and keep a consistent 2-1-2 four-check, but that's just the reality of it. And better defensive play like that is definitely going to do great things but also not sacrificing defense for or not sacrificing offense for defense you don't want to do that because at the end of the day obviously scoring goals is hockey that's the game itself but um i'll remember if i asked you but did i ask what i what you want to see if the rangers do next game i think i did right yeah but i'm gonna ask you a question um i'm gonna go with um, I'll start first. Who is the player that you want to see break out in game three? Who do I want to uh, see break out? Or um, do you want me to go first, or do you want to answer that one first yourself? Oh, uh, I'm gonna add to it. I want to see Chris Kreider break out. Um, because you know, last game he had zero shots on that, and you know he's he's just better than that, and. I we just need him to get hot and we'll start flowing. You know, I just want to see him break out, maybe get a couple points, you know, just slowly start to heat up and get hot. You know, I think he's a key to next game is getting him some points. Yeah, that also kind of uh brings up another thing for me that just kind of reminds me that Kreider's got to get more in front of the net again because I've been saying it since opening night. The way the Rangers played in the bubble is without Kreider in front of the net, and it just has slowed down the offensive production from that Kreider, Zibanejad, Buchnevich line a lot, and he's just got to get more in front of the net for both Zibanejad and Buchnevich. Both the goals that they had were not due to Kreider. Both the goals that, yeah, the, both the goals they had last night were... I don't think Zibanejad scored. I don't know what I'm saying there, but Buchnevich's goals and Zibanejad getting the assist there, none of that was due to Kreider blocking the net and screening the goalie. He has not been doing that all season, and I don't know if that's to get more defensive play out of the Rangers, which if it is, I guess I'm a little bit okay with that, but I still would like to see him more in front of the goalie, especially on the power play. I feel like that would get more power play goals for the Rangers, and that would improve it significantly. But 
for me in terms of who we need to see be, break out or be an X factor, that's kind of a tough choice because if D'Andro's in the lineup, he's got to be the biggest X factor and question mark and everything because if D'Angelo is in the lineup we gotta see him be able to play defensively and just be better in his own zone because if he doesn't show that then we're gonna have some serious problems and questions going forward with D'Angelo but if he's not playing I mean for who I'd like to just see get a point Lafreniere absolutely and like we said he's due for one and I feel like that's just like the easy answer which is why I kind of went off and said D'Angelo I feel like Julian Goche though also due for a point due for a goal he was so close to getting one uh last night or two nights ago at this point but he was so close to getting one in that second game and it just sucks that he couldn't get it I don't know though but yeah I uh, agree with you there um definitely would like to see you know the first goal from yeah and also uh i don't know if you saw on the broadcast also what they showed he does pregame i find that pretty weird but also cool that would be cool to see with a full crowd at msg uh if you didn't see it, he was uh out sitting on the bench before the game started by himself like taping his hockey stick and everything which i found really weird but like i said also cool like- at the same time yeah, that's like original stuff. That's something like you know, I don't mean to off track here, but that's something that like you would see like Kobe Bryant do, like you know, like something that like like him on his own, you know, you know, that's kind of like what you know, that's kind of what it would like remind me of, you know, something that he'll be known for. Yeah, absolutely, especially if he develops to the superstar that he is expected to be in this league. That's definitely going to be something that starts um trending and he will be known for if he keeps doing that obviously which i think he will i don't know why when it's a ritual for him like we address but yeah he'll uh be remembered not just for that but or not just for being a superstar but also for that pregame ritual which will be pretty cool and i just i still can't believe we have him on our team but yeah uh, yes yeah, cool. so, so uh that's going to wrap up the episode. I think so. So uh, I hope you guys did enjoy the episode. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, like, leave a comment. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever you're listening on, be sure to drop a follow and drop us some feedback down below. Ask us questions if you want. And uh, we'll ask a question for the audience here. What would you guys like to see from the Rangers in the third game? And what did you think of the first two games of the season? Be sure to answer that in the comments. And we will see you guys in the next episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway Podcast.